You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. First John chapter number three, and, and that song we're singing about there is really what the Christian life is supposed to be like. It's, uh, we're supposed to be more like Jesus every day and being conformed to the image of God's Son and, uh, and just looking more and more like Him and our attributes, our actions. And I, I'm so excited about our next year's theme already. And, uh, and it, I, I, I don't want to tell you in advance because it's kind of cool to come in on that first Sunday and see a new theme for the year. And, uh, but it's, it's going to focus on Jesus, I'll just tell you that, so you can know that, all right? Who needs to fill in the blank sheet tonight? Anybody need to fill in the blank sheet tonight? Okay, we got a couple over here, over there, anybody else? Up top, online, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so we got two over here, one over there. It will get to you eventually. You shall have one. Just keep your hands up there. Ask and you shall receive. So that tonight, hey, we're talking about conditions to answered prayer, okay? So... Uh, we'll figure this out, but thank you for that. We're getting those to you, and uh, about a pen. Anyone need a pen tonight? Raise your other hand if you need a pen. Thank you, Brother Rivers, for getting that to you there. Who needs a good football team? You need one? Does yours stink? Brother, Brother Oscar, yours stinks, huh? Who's your team? Oh, you mean the commanders. There you go. <laughs> Anybody else need to need fill in the blank sheet? All right. Bet you Dodger fans are real happy these days, aren't you? Going to buy another title this year. It's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> just wanted to make you mad before I preached at you tonight, okay? So I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm very happy for you. I'm just more focused on Jesus than baseball, so, you know, it's hard to... It's hard to relate to you right now, but uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. First John chapter number three in your Bibles, and uh, I, I, I've, I've mentioned this the past couple of weeks. I'm not in a series right now. I have several series that I want to do, and so I'm 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 considering what to do. You know, it's hard to finish out a year in a series, but. Um, uh, I'm, I'm considering what to do with the series. I have several. I have, uh, and, and then a couple that's been suggested to me. I do want, I want to do one on biblical counseling. I want to talk about just taking some, you know, if, I, if you were to come to my office and sit down and say, Pastor, I struggle with this. Then I, you know, and so not everyone's going to do that, but I'd like to give some basic principles to, to, of biblical counseling to you. Um, and so I'm considering that. I also want to do one on kind of tough topics. You know, what does, and maybe something like, what does the Bible say about blank? And, uh, and some, maybe some tougher topics that are relevant in our broken society today. Um, I want to do one about uh, answering critics, answering critics of the faith. Um, so there's all these ideas I'm kicking around. And so just pray uh, that God would lead me in which one to start and when to start. I also want to do a series on 1 John. And I'm preaching in there tonight, but I want to kind of do a verse by verse through that. And so pray that uh, God would lead me. And then if you want to give me a little nudge by saying, Pastor, my vote's for this one. Uh, you know, you can do that. I may, may not listen to it, but, but uh, you know, I'll try to follow the Lord's leading there. But I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of uh, just some, uh, some fresh material to get to you and just finding out how God wants me to do that. So, but First John tonight, I'm not in a series, but this is something the Lord 
uh, had me just kind of study recently, and I thought it might be a blessing to you, because prayer can be, honestly, prayer can be such a confusing topic. Honestly, I, I feel like it, when people get saved, we probably shouldn't do too much teaching to prayer to them. I, I can't, sometimes I feel that way. You say, why? Because sometimes I feel like the more teaching I hear about prayer, the more confused I am. Anybody ever feel that way? Like, yeah, it's like, you know, we, we as a church, a couple years ago, I had you read, we read uh, in, uh, through the month of July or something, we all bought With Christ in the School of Prayer by Andrew Murray. It's an old book about prayer, and I was like, this is going to be so good, and you read a chapter a day, we'll finish the book together, it'll be awesome. And I got the book, and I read through it, and I was like, I think I'm more confused now. I think I am more confused about prayer than beforehand. And so I don't want to do that tonight. I don't want to confuse you. But honestly, most of the time, if, if we are looking at the Bible, most of the time our confusion comes from a refusal to simply believe what God says. A lot of times. These verses and some others tonight are going to show us some prayer promises. And, uh, and, and if I were to say tonight, how many of you want to get your prayers answered? Probably every hand would go up. You're like, I, yeah, I absolutely want my prayers answered. So my question would be, why aren't we getting our prayers answered? Because we have a prayer answering God, right? Amen. So God is, and God is able and God is, is capable, so why aren't we getting them? Is it because well, you know, we're not praying? Is it some mysterious reason that we could, you know, some metaphysical thing that we can never know? Is it just we're not doing it right? Did we not say the magic words? Did we not say it enough times? And I know that some of us know that a lot of those things I said there are just not true, but I want to show you tonight some biblical reasons as to maybe why you're not seeing regular answers to your prayer. And uh, some, so in the Bible, it gives us conditions, conditions to answered prayer. And so I'm going to pray, and I want to show you biblically here some conditions to getting your prayers answered. Let's pray, we'll jump in. Father, help us, I pray, with this message. Lord, I pray we'd focus in tonight. And Lord, I don't want anybody to be thinking about other people. I want us all to be thinking about ourselves tonight in regards to how the message applies to us. I don't want us to feel like prayer is some mysterious thing we'll never understand. I want us to walk out with something to do and something to change. So Holy Spirit, do what I can't and speak to the inside and change us in the way that needs to be changed. And please make clear what is being said tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Introductory thoughts, write some things down quickly here. Number one, hey, you know this, but I want to just remind you that God answers prayer. God answers prayer. Now, God, I will tell you this, God always answers my prayer. Sometimes it's a no, but he does answer. Sometimes it's a wait, and it could be wait for years. It could be wait for decades. I don't know. But, some, but God does answer, whether it's yes, no, whatever it may be. But God does answer prayer. He always does. Now, sometimes, again, it's not what we want to hear, but he does answer. And so I, I hope in here tonight that you can attest to the fact, teenagers on up, that you can attest to the fact that God has answered your prayers, that God answers your prayers. I hope you can say that, and I hope that you have stories. I hope that you could say even recently, hey, God did this. There are stories that if you ask me tonight, I could say, oh, I'll give you some answers to prayer. God did this. God did this. Now, on our, it'd be easy if you just pulled out our prayer request list here and you're like, oh, yeah, God uh, gave us a new boss. <laughs> did you pray for that, though? 
So, you know, but yes, God is answering prayer. Here's our problem sometimes. We feel like, I prayed for that bus, but I think God answered someone else's prayer. You ever feel like that? Like, I know we all prayed for it, but God probably answered it because so-and-so prayed, not because I prayed. Yeah, and, and so we can feel like God's not answering my prayer. Or, and I want to just help us with this tonight, but that God does answer prayer. Secondly, there are occasions, though, when God does not listen to your prayers. Say, what, pastor? How could you say that? Because the Bible says it. Let me show you. Uh, if you, you can turn there if you want to. I'll reference it later. We'll look at it later. But Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Scripture says that. If I regard, and we'll address that verse later. So what that means to me is that there are conditions to answered prayer. Because if God's not, now look, God hears everything, right? But he may not be listening. And there's a difference there, right? He's not, he's not tuned in to that prayer when there's iniquity in the heart. So we'll come to that. But there, so there are occasions when God may not listen to the prayer. There are occasions, thirdly, where our prayers can be hindered. Your prayers can be stopped by your own actions. Did you know that? And the Bible says this as well. And uh, 1 Peter 3, 7. Now, husbands, we've got to listen up to this. Because the Bible says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So there are things that hinder our prayers. Again, that means that there are conditions to be met for answered prayer. Okay? Number four, I want to make sure we understand this. That though there are conditions to answered prayer, God is never in your debt to answer a prayer. You can't do anything where it's like, now God owes you. That is not how prayer works. That's not it. We, we must not think that even obedience and even faith puts God in our debt. Well, if I do this, then God has to do... No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Just because you did this, I did A, so God has to do B. That's not how it works. We need to understand that there is a big difference between a condition and a cause. There are conditions to answered prayer. In other words, these must be met in order for there to be answered prayer, but it does not guarantee that there will be your prayer specifically answered the way you want it. Now, does that make sense to you? It's not a cause, it's a condition. And so obedience is a condition for answered prayer, but not put, it does not put God in our debt. Let me read you a quote and, uh, by, by John Stott, who was a preacher long ago. He, he said this, so I'll read this, and there's another quote here. John does, and he's talking about this passage. John does not mean to imply that God hears and answers our prayers merely for the subjective reason that we have a clear conscience and an uncondemning heart. There is an objective moral reason namely because we obey his commands and more generally do what pleases him. Here it is. Obedience is the indispensable condition, not the meritorious cause of answered prayer. Now, let's just pause here for a second and let's read the verses. And then I'll give you, the, we'll read that other part and then get into it. First John chapter 5, verse 22 says this. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because we keep his commandments... And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. God's command 
You believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you love one another as he gave us commandment. Remember, those were the two big commandments. Love God, love others. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. There's a lot of things to teach about that. But what I want you to see there is that the Bible says in verse 22, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, the next quote here, prayer is not a quid pro quo by which God rewards us answering our prayers according to what we have put in and how pleased he is with us. Prayer is the expression of our request to a loving heavenly father who loves both to hear and answer his children according to his wisdom as to what is best, or as John puts it in 1 John 5, 14, according to his will. I don't normally read a bunch of quotes in my messages, but I thought those applied really well to help us to understand that even when you meet the, uh, most of these conditions we'll see here, God is still sovereign and still knows what's best for you. So even when you pray, God may say, you know, you're asking for this, but I'm going to do this for you because it's better. It's better. And so we, the, the most important thing about this, what I'm trying to say, all this, is to learn to submit to God's will. Learn to submit to God's will. We'll see that theme throughout. Let me give you tonight some conditions to answered prayer. I want prayers answered. Okay, what can I do that would make it more likely that my prayers are getting answered by God? Where, he, where I could say what I'm asking God is giving. Number one, you have to make sure, this is elementary, right? Here it is. Pray to the right God. Right God. I don't think I need to say that here tonight, but I'm going to say it. Pray to the right God. We don't pray to Allah. We don't pray to Buddha. Can I help you? We don't pray to the Virgin Mary. Okay, why not? Because we read the Bible, <laughs> and the Word of God is clear on this issue. All, and by the way, when people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm Muslim, and, and, or I'm Mormon, or I'm Jehovah's Witness, and our gods are the same God. No, they are not the same God. They are not. And uh, I could just prove that through the doctrine that is being taught about their God, and the biblical uh, the biblical God that we believe is the true God. And so we have to make sure we understand that. We pray to God, to the Father, through the Son, in the Spirit. Okay, so you can wrap your mind around that one, but that's how it works for Christians, okay? So you want prayers answered? Don't go, you know, pray to some statue you carved out that looks like a God to you. We pray to the right God, okay? So that's, that's step one. Secondly, conditions to answer prayer, obedience. Obedience. You ever have your kid come to you? Dad, I need this. Mom, I need this. And you're like, I told you 30 minutes ago, clean your room. You want 20 bucks for Taco Bell? It used to be like $3 for Taco Bell, you know what I'm saying? Like now it's, can I get a soft taco? $21. It's ridiculous, you know? But nowadays you're like, you know, wait, 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 wait. You want more from me but you're not doing anything I told you to do? Would, would that be a good father to just take out his billfold and just, you know, flip through? You need 100? Is 100 going to cover it? How about, let me give you five, just to be sure. And the kid's like running around setting fire. No. 
It's not, and the Bible talks about Matthew 7, that God knows what you have needed before you even ask. And he's a good father. You know, is a good father going to give you a snake when you ask for, a, you know, or all that, that whole story there. But uh, God knows how to be a good father to you. But obedience is important. 1 John 3, 22. And what shall we ask? We receive him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So living in sin before God is one way to make sure that your prayers do not get answered. Living in sin before God, where you're openly, you know, you know what's wrong, but you're choosing choosing to disobey, you can rest assured that your prayers are probably not going to get answered that way. James 5, 16, let me give you some more uh, about this. Confess your faults one to another. Man, I can't spell. I see a lot of spelling errors on this sheet tonight. And pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, notice the two commandments which are specifically mentioned about, uh, about given here in 1 John 3, 22 and 23. It says in verse 22, what so we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Verse 23, and this is his commandment, that we should, one, believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. So the two commandments given there are, what does God want? He wants faith and love. Those are really his commandments summed up. Believe that Jesus is who he said he was and love one another. We know that love is the greatest commandment. When the, when the, uh, uh, the, the man came to Christ and said, hey, what is, what is, who is my neighbor? What is the great commandment? Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the whole law summed up into two commandments. So God expects us to love one another. Disunity is a good way not to get your prayers answered. Causing a commotion in the church is a good way not to get your prayers answered. Uh, being, being the person that's always at odds with somebody else is a good way not to get your prayers answered. Because why? Because God is looking for people that are, in, that are loving the brethren, not spreading discord. In fact, if you read Proverbs chapter 6, God mentions six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination to him. And one of those in there is he that soweth discord among the brethren. And a false witness speaking lies, uh, you know, a proud look, a, a lying tongue, all hands that said innocent blood. All of those things are things that God hates. And so if you're doing what God hates, why would God answer your prayer? Now that's an interesting thought because, you know, it, what does it do? It sobers us and gets us on track. If God just gave us whatever we wanted, whatever we wanted it, wouldn't be a good father. And then also, why would we ever have any incentive to do anything right? He's giving us whatever we want. So if you want your prayers answered, check your love level. See how you're doing with the brethren. See how you're doing with God. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, it tells, we read the, the verse earlier. Husbands, love your wives and treat them right or your prayers get hindered. Everything about that? I want my prayers answered. Then you better treat your wife right. Nobody's got an amen on that one? Amen, pastor. Thank you. I'll have the courage to amen it, all right? God's not going to answer my prayers if I am not treating my wife right. That's what the Bible says. And I think it does work the other way as well, okay, wives? So you're like, amen, pastor, preach that, you know. But uh, that's how it is. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. I love that verse. So obedience. Now, uh, some of these are very akin, like these, these points. So I'll go quickly through some of these here. Number three, confessed sin is a condition to answer prayer. So obedience, yes, you got to obey. But what if you're not obeying? What's the next step? Confessed sin is a condition to answer prayer. Psalm 66, 18, and that's a verse you ought to probably memorize or write down or circle. 
if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Think on that, that God turns a deaf ear to you when you just choose to live apart from him. That's a scary thing. We need to examine our hearts, examine our lives for unconfessed sin. When we take the Lord's Supper each month, what are we doing? We're examining ourselves so there's nothing between my soul and my Savior. Can I ask you tonight, are there pet sins that you're holding on to? Are there little sins that you're excusing? Are there wicked motives in your heart? You're doing something, but you know your motive is not right for why you're doing it. Do you love something that's polluting you? Do you how about this? Do you ever look back upon past sins that you've committed and brag about it? And gloat about sins that you committed in the past? Some conqueror that you had or whatever? You know, those are not things that God is happy about. Um, you, you know, uh, and then there's also, do you plan on sinning again as soon as you get the chance? Some people can't wait to get out of church to go home and get back on the internet and look at stuff they shouldn't look at. Some people can't wait to get out of church and go get that drink, whatever it may be. And so we're looking forward to, and, and, and God is saying, look, if you're not confessing and repenting about your sin, you're living in it, you're accepting it, you're loving it, punishment's coming. God is holy. In the Old Testament, like people couldn't even approach God. In the Old Testament, like the, the, the high priest got to go into the Holy of Holies once a year. Why? Because God was so holy. If they walked in, they were dead. So that's the holiness of God. And God, of course, we get to come to Christ through Jesus Christ, through being uh, his righteousness imputed to our account, his blood on our account. We get to go to God, but we ought to go to him clean. Yeah, we're clean through the blood, but that doesn't mean that we haven't sinned since we got saved. There should be a, there should be a, 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 a relationship that's restored between us and God. Isaiah 59, 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, and that he will not hear. But then, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, he's the prodigal father in Luke chapter 15 who's standing on the porch waiting for his son to come home. And his son's coming and his dad's running out to meet him. That's our God. So he's willing to accept you back no matter what's going on. He says, yeah, come, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I want you to come back. He's not waiting for you to come back just so he can beat you over the head with it again and again. That's the devil wants to do that. God's God's love. God is love. He wants you to come back. So when you're doing something you ought not to do, maybe there's some, uh, some strife in your relationship with your spouse right now. Maybe there's something going on at work. Maybe there's some issue in your life, some sin. Hey, just get right about it. Go to God. He wants to make it right with you. He wants to make it uh, uh, something where you can come to him and have that closeness again. Because honestly, it's miserable when you're not close to God. It's pretty miserable. Confess sin is a condition to answer prayer. Number four, praying according to God's will. The Bible says that is a condition to answered prayer. Look at 1 John. I think we're all still there. Look across the page there, or flip a page. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we uh, desired of him. Praying according to God's will. Did you know that's how Jesus always prayed? He was in accordance to God's will when he prayed. In fact, in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Jesus said, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. 
He was always praying for things that he knew God wanted. Did you hear that? Let me say that again. Jesus was always praying for things that he knew God wanted. So let me ask you tonight, what are some things that we know that God wants? Pray for those things. Because why? You'll get answers to prayer. Pray for things you know God wants. Does God want your family member saved? Yeah, he does. Pray for it. Does God want your neighbors to come to friend day? You better believe he does. I mean, honestly, you better believe he does. <laughs> you know, like that's a threat, okay? No, but uh, he, he, he does. Does God want your coworkers to know him as Savior? Absolutely he does. You know God wants that, so pray for it. And pray diligently for it, because you know God wants that. Does God want prodigals that are away from him to come home? Yeah, he does. Does God want people that used to attend our church that dropped out of church completely and are living a life unpleasing to him and are going the way? Does God want them back in church? Absolutely. Now, does God want Christians in church to be like, where have you been when they come back? No. But he does want people to come back to him. So pray for that. There's prodigals. There's people that have walked away. Does God want you to grow in your faith? Absolutely. Pray for that. God, help me to grow. God, does God want you to have wisdom? Yes, pray for wisdom. Does God want you to have strength today? Yes, pray for strength today. What does God want? And you know that. Does God want your family to live for God? Does God want your, the, the hearts of your children to be turned to him? Yes. Does God want more people to come to church? Yes. Does God want more laborers? We know he does because he said pray for it. So if you know that's what God wants, pray for those things. Pray for them because you are more likely to get answers to prayer when you're praying according to God's will. Now, here's the thing sometimes. Well, I don't know if this is God's will. What do you do? Pray about it anyway. Pray for God's will. Pray for wisdom. I go to God sometimes, and I, and I just say, Lord, I don't even know what to ask you about this, but I'm asking. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this situation. I don't know what your will is. Give me wisdom. Tell me what to do. But, but God, you just fix this thing. Sometimes there's people problems, and people problems can get messy. People problems can get complicated, and I'll go to God, and I'll say, God, I don't even know what the right answer is. But, but God, I pray for your will to be done. I pray for the right thing to be done. I pray that you would step in this situation and resolve it better than I ever could with any of my wisdom, and he does. He does. I can give you a lot of illustrations on that one, but most of them involve you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but God does that. Pray according to God's will. We need to know what God wants, and we need to ask for those things. Okay? Now, look, don't, please don't be afraid to pray. Ask. So, well, what if I ask wrong? Um, he'll let you know, or he'll just say no. Ask. Pray. Okay? Pray according to God's will. Don't, don't listen to a message on prayer and be like, well, I guess I'm just going to stop praying. <laughs> don't do that. Okay? Pray. There's also this, praying in Christ's name. Let me help you with this. Go to John chapter 14, please. John 14. I'm not going to try to confuse you tonight, okay? I want to be simple. I'm not saying that like every single time you go to prayer, you got to have a checklist and go through one through nine and figure out. God will tell you when you're praying. But tonight, you may be sitting there wondering, why am I not getting prayers answered like I should? Well, maybe tonight as we're studying the scripture, one or two things will pop and God will say, maybe that's it. And you can go to him and say, okay, Lord, this is, what's, this is what it is. I think it is, so I'm going to get it right. So pray in Christ's name. Look at John chapter 14, verse number 13. <laughs> and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, 
that will I do. So if you ask for a Ferrari in Christ's name, there it is. And if you get one, would you please ask for one for me? All right, because I want you praying for me. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He also says, if you love me, keep my commandments, though. The next verse there. What's this talking about? Does that simply mean to end all of your prayers in, in Jesus' name, amen? <gasps> the spell has been cast. The genie is out of the bottle. All the prayer requests will be answered now because we said the magic words in Jesus' name. It's not how it works. It's extremely unbiblical. So that's not what it's talking about, okay? It's not a magical phrase that we get what we want if we say it. What it means to pray in Jesus' name is basically the same thing as the last point that we just had. But we hear this all the time. What does it mean? We've got to pray in Jesus' name. The Bible says that. It means to pray with his authority. Would you fill that in? Pray with his authority. Doesn't mean you have the authority of God. But listen to what it's saying. When someone has authority, it's, it's like saying, pray on his account. Pray for his sake. Let me give an example. If I give my kids a job to do, and I, maybe, it's, it, we're, maybe let's just say we're in school here, and I say, okay, son, I want you to go, or daughter, I want you to go and uh, go to the secretary. I've got three of them, so I won't say which one, but because it's just an illustration. Go to the secretary and say, um, I need this. Well, Dad, they're not going to listen. Okay, you tell them that I sent you. So now in my name, with my authority, they are requesting something. You know what? They're going to get it, probably. Unless my secretaries are like, never. Get out of here, punk. You know, I don't know. Some of them are a little feisty, but um, especially those modest. Good night. But anyway, I'm just kidding, ladies. But, uh, so, but, but that's kind of what it's talking about. You know, it, it's, it's on, on account of, for, for his sake, um, it, I, don't, I won't have you turn there, but Hebrews chapter number 10 uh, tells us this. Let me just flip there really quickly, and I won't have you, have you do that, if I can find Hebrews. But there's a passage here that talks about Jesus and why we get to even go to God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22 says this. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So we can get to God and actually pray to him by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Why can we get to God with assurance? Why can we go boldly to the throne of grace? Is it because of our name? Is it because of our account? No, it's because of Christ's name. It's because of Christ's account. So you can go boldly and pray to God through Jesus Christ. And so when you're praying, your prayer life should be based upon the authority of, of Jesus Christ, giving you the, the, the boldness to enter to talk to God, but you're not going there just for you. You're going there to pray according to what God wants and praying for things that would honor and glorify him. That's what it's talking about when we're praying in Christ's name. You're praying with his authority. You get to go to God, but you're praying for things according to what he wants and what would glorify him. So I, that sometimes we're saying, well, what does that mean? It's talking about not praying so selfishly. 
And I think you ask for things. You absolutely should ask for things. But sometimes our prayer, and we'll talk about it later, so I want to get into it right now. Let's go to the next point. I'll, we'll, we'll explain a little bit more about that. So obedience, confess sin, praying according to God's will, praying in Christ's name. A lot of these are very similar, okay? The next one is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Mark chapter 11 and verse 25. Mark eleven twenty-five says this. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught or anything against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. God, I want you to forgive me. Have you forgiven? Have you forgiven? This falls under the category of confessing our sins. Forgiveness does. But it is worth mentioning separately because it's mentioned here. When you refuse to forgive, what happens? You're, be, you're being bitter. You're, you're holding something over people. Bitterness and unforgiveness are sins. And when you hold back forgiveness that is due to someone else, then you won't be forgiven. It's like putting a stoppage on God's forgiveness on your heart because you're not forgiving. If you're regarding iniquity, the Lord will not hear you. Remember that? So you have to be willing to forgive. You know, you go to God in prayer, but you're so mad at your husband and you're so bitter and angry at him. God, kill him. Or what, you know, are you going to get that prayer? You're refusing to forgive and then you're going to God saying, well, forgive me. It's like the story of the, the, the person that, that forgave all that money, you know, to the, to, the, to the man who owed millions of dollars. And then that man goes out and, and throws another guy in prison because he didn't give him $10. You know, the story in the Bible. And and, and, and if you're not having that forgiveness in your heart for others, how can you expect that God's just going to forgive you? C.S. Lewis said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Wow. So, you know, if you're saying tonight, Pastor, I just don't know when my prayers are got, not getting answered. Maybe tonight you ought to check your heart and find and just ask the Lord, God, is there... Is there something I'm holding over somebody else's head? Is there some unforgiveness and I'm just not letting it go? Because if you won't, you're hindering your own prayer life. You got to let it go. You got to let it, sometimes it's hard, but I'm saying you got to let it go. Number next, what's a, what's a condition to answer prayer? Here's a big one. Faith. Faith is a condition to answer prayer. Take your Bible, go to John, uh, sorry, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're almost close to the end. These are short points here. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let's see if I can find it before church ends. Good night. There it is. All right. James chapter 1. Verses 5 through 7. The Bible says here, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. So you're asking for wisdom, God gives it, and he's not going to reprimand you for asking, and it shall be given you, given him. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. If you're not praying, whatsoever is not a faith is sin, if the Bible says. So if you're not praying in faith that God can do it, why are you even praying? If you don't believe God can do it or would do it for you, then why pray? Can I tell you some things I pray for? I pray that God would give us a gymnasium. Give it 
as in, we pay nothing. Wouldn't that be awesome? I pray that God would give us housing for missionaries or staff or both. Sometimes I pray for both. I, I just pray that God would just do that. There's a, tri- a triplex right down the street here on the, on the left. Every time I pass, Ms. Barbara, you know what I'm talking about. Every time I pass it, I pray for it. God, they haven't sold it yet. Give it to us. Give it to us, and I'll do what they should have done and, and make it into a missionary housing or staff or something, you know. And uh, but do, do I, and I have to be honest, sometimes do, do I really think it's going to happen? I don't even know. I can't tell you right now that I fully, absolutely, 100,000% believe that God's going to give us that. Why? Because God may not want us to have that. Maybe there's stuff I don't know about it. But I still want to go to God believing that he can, that he could, and that would it be impossible for God to give us a gem? No, I've already scoped out a couple he could give us. Absolutely. So you may not believe in the specific thing there, but do you believe in God enough to pray? Do you believe in God enough to pray for impossible things? It's a good question. I think sometimes, like, I'm convicted by that question. And that's why I started praying for the gymnasium, things like that. But if you don't have faith in God, why are you praying? I have been guilty, and tell me if you're, if you're the same way, but I have been guilty of praying for something for a long time, and then I'm surprised when God answers it. You ever be that way? And then you're like, what? This happened? And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. I shouldn't have been surprised. I should have been like, it's about time. No, I'm just kidding, not like that either, but I should have been like, I knew it, Lord, you're always good. You know, it's, it's our human condition, right? But God wants to build that faith so that you have the faith to ask him for the impossible. Matthew 21, 22, and all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. I don't see any qualifiers for that verse, except for faith. Faith is the only qualifier. You know, of course, I think the other things apply where are you asking is for the will of God, but, but I, that's an incredible verse. Why can't we just believe it? Why can't we believe that if, if we pray hard enough that God would change someone's heart to accept the gospel message, why don't we believe it'll happen? I prayed every night for my dad for 10 years, 15 years to get saved. Probably more like 15 years. I prayed every night for my dad to get saved. I knew he was going to get saved. As a kid, I knew it. I just didn't know when. But I had no doubt in my mind that my dad was going to get saved. You know what he did? And then as I grow older in my Christian life, I find myself doubting some things. And I wish I could get back some of that childlike faith from time to time to just take God at his word. And that's what we need. The, 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 the child just believes his dad can do everything. You know, oh, yeah, my dad could beat your dad. My dad could bench press this car. You know, we just believe. And maybe we ought to just get back to just believing and stop trying to give God a way out. Well, God, I know you could, but you know, you don't have to. Let's not give, God is God. He can do it. He can answer any prayer. There is nothing impossible with God. The limit is our faith. That's the limit. God could do it. So I gave you a bunch of references about faith there. A lot of good stuff. If you want to read the references later, let me just get to the next two here really quickly. What's another uh, condition to answer prayer? Persistence. Persistence. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Then there's the story about the importunity, about the guy at midnight that goes and knocks on the door, hey, I need something, hey, I need something, I need something. And then it says, well, he answered because of the much knocking. How quickly do you give up a prayer? I prayed for this this week and God didn't give it to me, so I'm done. Does it get off your prayer list that quickly just because God didn't answer it? Well, it just must not be his will. It's been two weeks. Well, (laughs) 
God doesn't work in time like we do. He's outside of time. Maybe two weeks for him is, you know, he sees it as a, a second. You know, a thousand years is a day. A day is a thousand years. God's, God's not worried about our time. You know, he, he understands it. But the Bible says pray without ceasing. But did you ever think that meant maybe also about prayer requests? You just keep bringing them to God. Keep bringing them to God. Continue to pray. There's a, a preacher that might be coming through our church in a, a month or so, month, yeah, a little over a month, and we're, we're trying to work it out. His name's Tom Williams. He's a preacher. He's 80 years old, 85 years old. But he's been known for years as a prayer warrior. Four hours a day in prayer, at least. Four hours a day on his knees in prayer. And if you listen to him tell stories, it's miraculous story after miraculous story after miraculous story. And he's famous for preaching a message entitled, How Bad Do You Want It? That's the message title. Talks about Hannah. Hannah wanted a child so bad. She prayed to God in bitterness of soul. She wept, she fasted, she prayed. How bad do you want it? And I feel like sometimes I don't want things bad enough. I don't want my neighbor saved bad enough. I don't want revival bad enough because if we really wanted it, I think God would give it. And so I want to challenge you persistently, persistently go to God in prayer for some things. Persistently go to God about friend day. Persistently go to God that your neighbors would get saved, your coworkers, whoever it is that's God's, that you're working on because God put them on your heart persistently do those things and, and, and want it. How bad do you want it? That's a great question. Let me give you the last two quickly here. Another one is pure motives. Pure motives. James chapter 4 says, you lust or desire, you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Pure motives. Pure motives. You're asking for something for selfish reasons. You're asking only concerned about how you feel and what you get. God solved this problem for me by dealing with this person in this way. Is it just about removing problems from your life? And you're not caring about how it affects other people? When we're praying with motives that are selfish and we're not praying with motives that are pure and that are honoring and glorifying God, why would God answer those? So we have to look, and you know, I'm not saying... Well, I really don't need that new pair of shoes that, uh, you know, I only have one pair, but I don't need that new, that's selfish. No, I'm not saying that, but, you're, but there's a difference between praying for a need and there's a difference between praying for something you want selfishly or that's going to harm someone else because your motives are wrong. God changed this person because they're just this and that. Maybe God wants to change you. And so praying should always be with God's glory in mind. Does God get glory by answering your prayer in that way? So pure motives are very important. You don't get it you ask because you're asking amiss. You're asking for the wrong reasons in the wrong way. Really, it means to ask in an evil way. That's what the word is talking about. You're asking in an evil way. So obviously, you're not going to get those prayers answered. And lastly, I think this is true also. Uh, uh, number 10, gratitude is a condition to answer prayer. Psalm 100 talks about entering into his gates with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but by prayer and, and, and by prayer, I messed that verse up, be careful for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, with thanksgiving. I want my prayers answered. Well, why would God bless us with more if we haven't thanked him for what he's already done? Go to God, praise him, thank him, pray with thanksgiving. Now look, I, again, I'm not saying that you have to go, okay, I got my list, God, and I'm, every day I'm going through this to just check and make sure. I'm not trying to confuse you. 
But I'm saying tonight that possibly if you're looking at your life and saying, I'm not seeing answers to prayer, maybe one of these things is the cause. And you can go and correct that and get back to seeing God do some things in your life. But the, also the underlying challenge here is twofold, to submit to God's will that he knows what's best for you and to have the faith to ask him for things that are even impossible. Ask him for things. To go to God believing that he can and he will do what's best. And he will answer your prayer. That he can and will answer your prayer. So tonight, how is your prayer life? Are you seeing answers? That's the last blank there. Are you seeing answers to prayer? Is there something on this list tonight that you need to address in your prayer life? I hope it's something that could be a help to you and get you back on track in your prayer life today. Father, thank you for the privilege of prayer. God, none of us have a, uh, none of us are experts in this. None of us know everything there is to know about prayer, and we're all learning. You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds.